Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. You look so good today. You know, Rhonda and I have been gone for a couple weeks, and uh, it's just good to be home with you. And we're excited uh, about what God is doing here. We, we visited a couple other churches, of course, while we're out on vacation. And, uh, and so there's just no place like home, I can tell you. It's just great to be with you. This morning, uh, we're continuing the series. Matter of fact, today is the last message in this series called, Are We There Yet? And the reason that we have uh, done this series is because usually when we go on vacation through the summertime, the kids are always screaming, Are We There Yet? And uh, many times in our lives, we think that, you know, in our relationships or whatever, we should be a little closer, a little further along than what we are. And so this morning, as we, um, as we tackle this subject, are we there yet? I want to say, you know, we're going to talk about getting on the same page. Now, you know, I don't know if you've struggled with this or not, but there's been times that, of course, in my marriage and so forth, that that there's times that I've not been on the same page with Rhonda and we've had to get on the same page. Not only that, but there's been times that when we've, uh, you know, with, with people that I work with, we've had to get on the same page or, or neighbors or coworkers. And so, you know, it's very important to be on the same page. And so maybe in your life, even with God at times, it feels like that we're just not on the same page with God. And so today we're going to talk about that, how to get on the same page with God. But before we do that, you received a little fish when you come in. Everybody get you a little Swedish fish. Um, well, because we've talked about an Old Testament story in every one of these messages. And so I've given you this fish. And can anybody maybe think of the story that we might talk about today with this fish? Jonah, that's right. Jonah and the whale. All right, we're going to talk about that, the big fish. And so before I do that, I'd like to tell you a few fishing jokes. Um, so, uh, yeah, get ready, right? Uh, by the way, if you're new here, my name is Jeff, and I am the lead pastor here, and I scar you with my bad jokes. So, uh, you know what kind of fish is going to be in heaven? An angel fish. Okay, yeah. Does anybody know why uh, Noah did not go fishing while he was on the ark? He only had two worms. Okay, now let's get to my joke. That's some of the, listen, if you don't like these jokes, I gave you an opportunity this week on my email to, to help me out, and you didn't do it. Okay, there was two were given. And, uh, but today, if, uh, uh, the, I like to tell you another joke. There was three pastors that was going fishing, and uh, they decided they would go fishing, and it was, a, it was a Presbyterian pastor, a Methodist pastor, and a Baptist pastor. And so they decide they go fishing together. So they, they get in the boat together, and they're fishing, and they're right off the shore, you know, and the fish are really biting. And, and so they run out of bait. And so the, the Presbyterian pastor said, no problem, I'll go get the bait. And so 
you know, he jumps out of the boat and just walks across the water, goes, gets the bait, and comes back, walks right across the water, gets back in the boat. I mean, like, the Baptist pastor's like, whoa, this is amazing. And so, anyways, they continue to fish, and, and they fish a little bit longer, and they run out of bait again. And then the Methodist pastor says, no problem, I'll go get the bait. He jumps out of the boat, walks right across the water, goes to land, gets the bait, comes back, and walks right back and gets back in the boat. I mean, the Baptist pastor's like, wow, I cannot believe that. I just experienced two miracles. And he's like, wow. They run out of bait again. And the Baptist pastor said, God, if you did it for them, you can do it for me. So he said, hey, I'll go get it. He jumps out of the boat, and he goes, boom, boom. He goes under, and he starts frailing the water. And the Presbyterian pastor looks at the Methodist pastor and said, we better show him where the rocks are. <laughs> okay. Like I said, if you don't like those, you had an opportunity through that email to help me out. So today I want to talk to you. We are going to talk about the story of Jonah. And, uh, and so today, as we begin this journey together of getting on the same page with God, his, his story is an example. It will help us. It's principles that you can live by. And so this morning, if you'll go ahead and write this down, the first thing I want to tell you, if we're going to get on the same page with God, is that we have to stop running from God. Just go and write that down. Stop running from God. We look into the story right now. If you go ahead and put your eyes on your outline and look at that verse right up under that point, and look what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because it, its wickedness has come up before me. Would you read what's underlined with me out loud? Let's read it together. You ready? But Jonah ran away from the Lord. That's right. And headed for Tarsus. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus. Would you read what's underlined with me? Ready? To free, not to free from the Lord, but to flee from the Lord. I said free. Free. <laughs> you had to free from the Lord. He's to flee from the Lord. And so what I want to tell you is that the first thing that, that God went to Jonah said, Jonah, I want you to go. I want you to proclaim my message to these people in Nineveh. But Jonah said, heck no, I won't go. So he said, I'm not going. I'm going the other way, God. I think that many times in our journey in life, with God, we, we have a problem ourselves of saying to God, heck no, I won't go. I think we have struggle with that. And so today, you know, I would, I would say that as we talk today, how do we know that we're running from God? How do, how do we run from God? I think one of the ways in the 21st century that we run from God is that when God puts something on our heart that we sort of can do what I call the change the channel method. You know what that is? That's like when you're watching television and an advertisement comes on about a, a, a group of children that are starving in Africa and they sh begin to show the swollen bellies, and, and because you don't want to get emotionally engaged with that, it's real easy just to change the channel, right? Change the channel. And because you change the channel, then you don't have to get emotionally engaged in that. It's the method. 
One of the ways that I think that we choose to change the channel is by getting busy. All of us, if we stay busy, then we don't have to really think about what it is that God wants us to do. Matter of fact, the Bible says, in order for us to know that God is God, he says, be still and know that I'm God. And so if we keep being busy, we don't have time to think about God and all that. So we keep our kids busy. We, we, we run. We do all this stuff till we just collapse in the bed at night and we have no time to think or to ponder what God wants us to do. And here's another thing. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, how do I know that I'm running from God in a specific area of my life? Here it is. It's very simple. You know that you're running from God in a specific area of your life that any time that someone mentions that area, you get a little agitated, a little irritable, maybe even a little angry. Here's one that I think that you probably can help me finish that you probably have heard as well. Would you finish this statement? People say this, you know, I would go to church, but all they talk about is money. When someone says that, do you think that that might be their area that, that they got an issue with? I'm talking about people say you know what I would go to SEC but all they talk about is marriage or they may say you know I would go to SEC but all they talk about is sex there you know someone told me one time said hey you're the pastor of that sex church I'm like we think it's good <laughs> I don't know but you know <laughs> You wouldn't be here, you know, but anyways. We want you to be married, husband and wife, married together. Then, you know, we'll talk about that later in our family series. <clears throat> yeah, we start our family series next week. You don't want to miss it. It starts. And so, you know, people say, you know, I would go to SEC, but they're always talking about reading the Bible. They're always talking about connect groups. They're always talking about financial peace, you know, getting out of debt. And so, you know, whatever your area is, when someone mentions that, all of a sudden you begin to get agitated. You know, if that is you, if, and we all have those areas, when that happens, you know that that's the area that God is talking to you about. And so you have a decision like Jonah. And you're either going to say, heck no, I won't go. Or are you going to listen to God? That's the question today. So... The thing that I will have on the screen that I want you to remember is this. Look what it says. Would you read this with me? You ready? Come on, let's read it together. The only way I will ever have peace is to stop running from God and start running to God. So instead of trying to ignore her, go to God. Because when you're in the will of God, you have the peace of God. You will never have the peace of God as long as you're running from God in an area in your life. You'll never have it. And so today, matter of fact, there's some of you sitting here today that, you know what, you're trying to straighten your life out, and then you're going to come to Jesus. Let me tell you something, that doesn't work. You come to Jesus, and he helps you straighten your life out. And you're never going to have, you can never have peace until you know the Prince of Peace, and that is Jesus Christ living in your life and becoming a Christ follower. So today, I would say again, as we say every week here on this, uh, in your program, is a prayer that you can pray to become a Christ follower that will lead you in that. And we pray that you will make that decision today. So if you do, just check it on the back of your connection card so that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you this week. Okay.
Number two, ready? Let's write this down. The second thing is that we're going to get on the same page with God is call out to God no matter what situation I'm in. Call out to God no matter what situation I'm in. We're going to bring you back up to speed with Jonah. Now, here, here's what happened with Jonah. Is that Jonah, you know, said, God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, heck no, I won't go. He boarded his ship going the opposite direction, and all of a sudden, a storm comes up. I'm talking about a bad storm because these people that are professional fishermen now are all of a sudden pleading for their lives, and they're screaming. They're, they are calling out to every god they can think of. I mean, every, every title they ever, they're calling out. And while they're up there praying for their lives, Jonah is downstairs, on, down the lower part of the boat. He's sleeping. And so it takes out, like, man, what's wrong with you? They went down and said, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you up here praying? Call out to your God. We're going to die, man. And Jonah says, I'm the problem. He said, what do you mean? He said, I'm the problem. And they said, well, how do we fix it? Let's call out to your God. They said, no, it won't do any good to call out to my God because I've caused the problem. My God is angry with me. And so the only way to solve this issue is that you throw me overboard. And the guys hated to do that. You can read the story. They're like, no, what else can we do? And the storm kept getting worse. And Jonah said, the only way that you can solve this problem is that you throw me overboard. See, Jonah was so ashamed of what he'd done that he wouldn't even call out to God. So they do that. They throw Jonah overboard. When he goes overboard, the, the storm just calms down immediately. And somewhere from, from the time that he hit the water till he went under, God sent a big fish, we presume as well, and swallowed Jonah. Now today we gave you a little fish so that you could eat that fish so you wouldn't have to worry about a fish eating you. <laughs> okay, never, never mind. See, when you're corny, people remember stuff, right? So I have to practice being corny. No, it comes natural. <laughs> so here's what I want you to know. Now watch this with me. So Jonah, Jonah is so, you know, he just wouldn't know. He said, God, I'm not, heck no, I won't go. They threw him overboard. The fish has swallowed Jonah now. He's inside the well. It is at this point that we pick up the story. Look what it says. In Jonah 2, 1, it says, From where? From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. Notice that. Even in this situation, Jonah still recognized that God was his God, no matter that he had disobeyed him. He said, In my distress, I called out to the Lord, and he what? He answered me. From the depths of the grave, I, I called for help, and you listened to my what? You listen to my cry. Now, here's what I want to tell you. This is so critical. I want you to understand today. There's one thing. There's two. Matter of fact, let me just say. There's two things that will keep you from calling out to God. And that is guilt and shame. When you have done something, when you, like Jonah said, I'm the cause of the storm. I've caused the problem. It's me. I made the mistake. I did wrong. I'm the problem. Get rid of me. In that moment, whatever you have done in your life that's caused the problem in your life, 
because you have let God down and you've let others down, then guess what? You feel like you have no right. The devil will tell you that, you know what? He'll bring on guilt and he'll bring on shame so much that you will not even want to call out to God. Guilt and shame are the number one things that keep people from calling out to God for help when they need it. When I was, uh, you know, in elementary school, I guess fourth or fifth grade, something like that, you got to do a field trip to the fire department. It was so cool. A person ADD like me, it was awesome to get out and be able to walk somewhere and do something, you know? So we would actually take a trip. We lived in a small town, so we'd just take, we would walk down a couple of blocks, and the fire department was there, and we'd get to go to the fire department, and we'd get to look at the trucks, you know, and we'd get to, you know, uh, teachers tell us, get off that truck, Jeff. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, leave that axe alone. Yes, okay. I was that guy. And, and so we'd look at all that, and then, you know, the firemen would hear, hit the sirens and stuff, and it was just a great trip. And then they would teach us. They'd say, listen, if your home ever gets on fire, or is ever a fire in your home, you should have an escape plan, and you should know that you, when you're leaving your home, you should always stay low, you know, crawl to the nearest window or door to get out because the smoke will damage your lungs and, and possibly kill you. And then they would tell us this. They'd say, listen, if ever your shirt catches on fire or your clothing catches on fire, you should never run, but you should stop, drop, and stop, drop, and roll. I want to tell you something today. When you're in a fiery situation, I don't care who caused the problem. I don't care if it was you that just did something so horrible and you're in a mess, you should always stop, drop, and pray. Always. No matter what's happening in your life, you say, Pastor Jeff, you don't know. I'm ashamed of this. Yes, you may be ashamed of it, but you, it should never keep you from calling out to God. Stop, drop, and pray. You know, we was at that fire station. You know what? They never said this. Okay, now, if your clothes are on fire and you've been playing with matches, then you just keep running. They never said that at all. No, they, didn't, they did not preference, okay, if you caused it or not. They didn't say that. They said, when you're on fire, your clothes are on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. And I'm telling you, when your life is, is out, of, out of sync and, it, and it's going crazy and you're in a storm, you need to call out to God. It doesn't matter who calls it. You just stop, drop, and pray. And watch what God will do. You stop, drop, and pray. So I have this on the screen. It says this. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. I must never let my guilt and shame keep me from asking God for help. Some of you today need to swallow that deep inside of you because right now you, there's something that you will not even talk to God because something that's happened in your life and you feel the guilt and you feel the shame. And I'm telling you today that God is here today to set you free. And so if you would just call out to him, just call out to God. Number two, number three, the third thing I'd like to share with you is this, on getting on the same page with God, is do what God is asking you to do. Do what God is asking you to do. We're about to pick up the story, so we see that Jonah, God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, heck no, I won't go. 
And then so God calls the storm, you know, he gets on the boat to go the way. God calls the storm. They throw him in to see the, the, the whale swallows Jonah. And, and God has amazingly kept Jonah alive three days in the belly of that whale. And he prays from the inside of the belly of that whale. And guess what? God allows that swell to swim in the direction that he wants Jonah to go. And he, he belches Jonah out up on the shore. Man, how would you like been fishing that day? I mean, like, can you imagine being close to that and all of a sudden this big whale goes, and there comes a man out. I'm like, I'm done. And Jonah gets out. And so we pick it up, look what the Bible says that happened. As soon as that happened, Jonah 3 and 1 through 3 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a what? Aren't you glad that God's word comes again? God's word come a second time to Jonah. He says, the word of the Lord comes a second time to Jonah. You know what God was saying? Hey, Jonah, are we there yet? <laughs> God was saying, are we there yet? You know, God says, I want you to go. He said, heck no, I won't go. God said, are we there yet? And then he goes on this ship, runs the other, the other direction. He says, okay, Jonah, are we there yet? He sends a, the whale to swallow him. And now he's asking again, are we there yet, Jonah? And he goes on, he says, he says, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. Now watch this, you ready? Jonah what? Why don't you circle that? Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and what? Went. Would you circle that? Went to Nineveh. So he went. So you circled obeyed and went. Why don't you draw a line between those two? He obeyed and went. Obeyed and went. Now, what I want to share with you here, this is so crucial. There is a big gap between knowing and doing. Would you agree with that? Would you say all along, Jonah knew what God wanted him to do, right? He knew already. He knew what God wanted to do. And many of us in our lives, many of us in our lives, we know exactly what God wants us to do, but we haven't done it yet. And sometimes we think, you know, just because we know what God wants us to do, that God is pleased with us because we think that knowing is doing. No, it's not. Well, just because you know doesn't mean that you're doing it, you know? There's a big gap between knowing and doing. A huge gap. So Noah of uh, Jonah, one of those guys, <laughs> Jonah decided that he would obey God the second time. So he went. Now, my dad and I, we talk every Sunday, my father-in-law. We have a standing appointment Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. We're going to call each other. I'm calling him, and if I don't call, I'm in trouble. There's been times that I've been traveling, and I could not make that phone call. I had to call him the night before and say, hey, I will not be making that phone call at 3 o'clock. I mean, it's just something, you know, we, we do that all the time. I mean, it's that important to both of us. I was talking to him last Sunday on the phone, and he began to tell me about my nephew. He said, uh, he said Jeff, I want to tell you this about your nephew. And he told me that uh, my, my sister and her family were getting ready to go to Florida, and my nephew was looking forward to going to fishing with his father, deep sea fishing. And so before they left, he's like 14 years old, he, he, made, a, he made a wager with God. He said, okay, God. He said, if you well, bless me and let me catch some fish. God, I'm going to give you a good offering. Now, to know him, 
He is a tightwad of all tightwads, they say. My sister said he'll let you buy him anything, but he's not spending his own money, and he's got a lot of it. He's a saver. So he made this wager with God. And sure enough, they went to Florida. They went fishing. They loaded the boats up. I mean, it was like they caught a lot of fish. Well, on the way back home, you know, he began to think about that. He had made this decision. He was going to give God this certain amount of money. And so one week went by, he didn't do it. The second week went by, he didn't do it. And so a month has passed by, and they said last week he got in the car and said, okay, Dad, I want you to know I paid God off today. <laughs> that was so funny. I paid God off today. What's, what's amazing about that is this is that, you know what, there was a difference between knowing what he needed to do and doing what he said he would do. And what I want to tell you is that, is that he said that because it was a relief. Okay, i finally done it. All right, it's off my chest. I've done it now. Many of you are sitting around, walking around with that tension in your life. Is that you have that tension because you know God wants you to do something, and, and when you refuse to do it, it's sort of that kind of tension that's in your life, and you don't have peace because you're not doing what God asks you to do. And you're never going to have the peace of God until you're doing the will of God. Did you hear that? Do you know you can't live like a heathen and have the peace of God? Do you know, do you know that? Do you know that when you know God wants you to go this way and you're going this way, you can't expect the peace of God? And so when you do the will of God, you have the peace of God. And so today, I've got two questions for you. What is God asking you to do? What is God asking you to do? What is it today? What is God asking you to do? And here's the second question. Will you do it? That's the question. Will you do it? My friends, your life, your life-altering experience hangs in the balance of those two questions. What is God asking you to do, and will you do it? And how you answer those two questions will change your life, will head the direction of your life. What is God asking you to do, and will you do it? Now, I have a next step on your connection card I want to share with you. This is so crucial because it says this. It says, I'm making the decision to obey God and do what he's asking me to do. The reason this question is so crucial is because when you check that box, you're saying, I am going to do it, God. And you know what? I'm never going to know what that is. I have no clue. I don't need to know. But we're going to pray for you this week because I know that it's taken a step of faith for you to do what God's been asking you to do. And I want to challenge you to do it. Because it's scary, but there's nothing like being in the will of God to have the peace of God. And, and then you get the power of God and you get the favor of God and you get the blessing of God when you're doing the will of God. So I want to challenge you to do that. I want you to check that box. Okay, number four. How do you get on the same page with God? We said, okay, we've got to stop running from God. We've got to call out to God no matter what our situation is for help. And then we have to do what God asks us to do. And so number four is this, is this. Remember God's why is always about people. People. God's why is always about people. 
This story to me is, is so crazy because it is so real. Set this up for you. Jonah goes in. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He goes to the city of Nineveh, and he says, listen, if you don't repent, God's going to burn the whole city down. He's going to call hell, fire, and brimstone to come down. You need to repent. And the Bible says that everyone in that city repented. Even the leaders repented. They, they called a special day, and they all repented. They repented of their sin. And you know what? Because of that, Jonah has, an, he, he has a reaction that's sort of, sort of surprising to all of us. Look what it says. It says in Jonah 4, 1 through 3, it said, But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Listen to this. He became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is it not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee Tarsus. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now look what he says. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. What did, he's ticked off because God didn't light him up. I mean, he's like, he went through the city saying, hey, God's going God's to burn this city down. God's going to show you he's God. There's going to be a lightning show in the sky. And because God had grace and mercy on those people because they repented, Joseph was, oh, Joseph. Okay, we've had, what have we had? We've had Noah and Jonah. You're not going to know who I've talked about today, right? <laughs> Jonah was upset because God didn't do what he expected to do. Here's what I'm telling you. Well, Here's the, more, here's the warning. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When you do what God asks you to do, you begin to have an expectation of what you think God's going to do. And here's what I want to cost you. Many times God never does what we expect him to do after we do what he wants us to do because God has a bigger plan. And so you can get very sidetracked in your faith when you do what God wants you to do and he does not do what you expected he would do. You can get angry with God. And I want to caution you today. Your responsibility is to do what God says to do and leave God's part to him. So Jonah got mad. He got mad. So then he throws a temper tantrum. He goes and sits down on the beach. He said, oh, let me die. And so he's mad. He sits right down on the beach. It's the sun beating down on him. I mean, he's dehydrated. So God does a miracle. God uh, does a jack and a beanstalk kind of moment. I mean, like, all of a sudden, there's this vine that grows up just immediately, covers over Jonah, gives him shade, lets him sleep. And then the next morning, God sends a, a worm to eat that whole thing up, and it's gone. And then Jonah gets mad about that. Look what it says. It says, but God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? Look what Jonah says. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> do you have a right to be angry? I do. I do, he said. I, I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it. Or make it grow, it sprang up overnight, died overnight. Now notice here what's underlined. But Nineveh has more than a hundred and what? 120,000 people. 120,000 people. Look at this. Who cannot tell their right hand from their left. In other words, he's saying they're jacked up people. 
Nineveh is jacked up people. What he's saying is that they don't know about it. They, their morals are all jacked up. Everything's jacked up. They're clueless about me. And so I'm sending you to people that, that don't really know about me. You're to go there to the people and you're to tell them about me. I'm concerned about the people. He goes on to say, and many cattle as well. He said, should I not be concerned about that great city? What I want it's about the people. It's about the people, Jonah. It's not about you. It's not about anything. It's about the people. You're obeyed so that people could be saved. Your obedience is tied to someone's salvation. Look, look, look watch this. Can I tell you? Your obedience, your obedience, your obedience, your obedience, your obedience, my obedience, it's tied to someone's salvation. When you refuse to do the will of God, that means somebody else is missing out on the message of God. It's about people. Look, our church, here we go. Here's our statement. Let's read this together. You ready? Let's read this out loud. We exist to offer people an opportunity for a better life. And we know that comes through Christ. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the people. Why are, we do, why are we doing like our I will initiative, you know? Why are we doing that? We, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because it's about the people. We believe that people need handicap accessibility because God, because those people who have a disability matter to God. We believe that our children in our community need a place to learn about God because they matter to God. We believe that teenagers, as difficult as, as they can be at times, and we want to trade them in sometimes, right? We've all been one. We, we believe they matter to God. We believe young parents who have just had children, they, they got this baby in their home. They don't know what to do. I mean, like their whole life, they're about changing stinking diapers and, and bottles and, and feedings and they have no life. They don't know how to function anymore and they're going crazy with this baby. They matter to God. And when they think that nobody else cares about the stresses that they have, God has people like you and me to say you matter to God and you matter to us. And because people matter to God, listen, it's because people matter to God, they matter to us. That's why next Saturday, I want to invite you to pump it up. Next Saturday, we're going to be out here, and there'll be cars lined up all down our parking lot waiting to get gas. We're going to go up there. We're going to pump gas for those people. We're going to wash their windshield. We're going to give them a bottle of water. We're going to hand them a card. And you know why? Because we're going to let every one of them know just by the way that we're doing things that they matter to God and they matter to us. I've been praying, God, help me share my faith more. So you know what I did? I went and joined a gym. I didn't need a gym like I, you know, I did P90X in my basement by myself for a long time. I'm sort of like that. But I realized that, you know what? I moved out of my neighborhood and I don't have a lot of neighbors to talk to anymore that maybe not be church. So I needed some people to be around. So I joined a gym. And I've been going ever since January. I know you can't tell it, but anyways, I've been going. 
I've been going since January, and I've been praying every day. God, show me somebody. I mean, like, I could, everybody wears their eye, earbuds in their ears. Like, everybody's got, like, they go around, la, 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 la. I'm like, take your earbuds out. I got to tell you about Jesus. I can tell you about Jesus. How do you say, you can't even be friendly to somebody walking around with earbuds in like this, you know? So finally, yesterday was a fluke day, so I, I, had to, I went to the gym at midday, and I saw this guy. That I've been seeing him, and it's been a hello, but I got to have a conversation with him. And I'm believing that God's going to allow me to share my faith with him. Here's one of the ways, the best ways that I've learned to share my faith is that when you see someone struggling with something, you ask them, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? That's it. How can I pray for you? And you know what you do? Is you write down that and you pray for them. And then the next time you see them, you ask, say, listen, I've been praying for you. How is this going? It is amazing how that even people that say they don't believe in God are interested when they're hurting about hearing about God. People matter to God. People matter to God, so they matter to us. And so today I want to challenge you. It's your next step. I want to challenge you. Is this. I have this on your connection card. It says, I will do my best to share my faith this week. Will you do that? You say, Pastor Jeff, you don't know where I work. There's a bunch of heathens. Let me tell you something. There's a bunch of people that don't believe in God. That's why you're there. Maybe if you accept the will of God, he'll deliver you out of there eventually. <laughs> you ever thought about that? You're there. You say, Pastor, if you don't know this family I got, you don't know my family, you know, that's why you're there. That's why you're there. My brother, who served in the armed forces, I never knew. You know, when we were kids, I... I, I became a Christian, and I, as a teenager, and I would share my faith, and, and I like they, they act like they wasn't interested at all. My brother served three tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he come back. He said, Jeff, I'm going to tell you what got me through all of that. I said, what? What was it? He said, you see this Bible? You gave me this Bible when I was a teenager. I took it with me everywhere I went. I didn't forget God was with me. You gave me this Bible. I want to tell you, there's somebody in your life that God has put you right there in that moment. And the will of God for you is that you share your faith and quit fighting them and start sharing and watch what God would do. Would you stand? Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask Caitlin to come out and sing this song. And while she's singing, listen, if you want to talk to God about something, you don't have to come to our prayer party. You can come and kneel right here today and talk to God about what you need to talk to Him about. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that people matter, God, that they matter. I thank you, Lord, that I, I mattered enough for you to send a man from Ohio, God, to become a friend of mine, to share your love with me. I thank you, God, that I matter to you. I thank you that the people in this room, God, mattered enough for you that you would send somebody their way to tell them about you. 
And God, I pray today that you would put in our hearts, oh Lord, that we would share our faith with our world, oh God. And when your church gets bigger, your community will get better, oh God. When your family grows, oh God, the world will get better. It will not get better, oh God, until you become bigger. So we must share. And Lord, I ask you to do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.